The book of Revelation, chapter 7. Remember, John is up in heaven in the throne room experiencing this vision, and he's seen Jesus, the Lamb, break open six out of the seven seals so far, which have uh, brought plagues upon the earth. And chapter 7 starts, After this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, so that no one... Sorry, no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. So the wind is held back. It's eerily still. And an angel comes up with the rising of the sun. Rising of the sun, that would, that would be a new day, a new move of the Lord. And it's declared that no harm should come until the bondservants of our God are sealed on their foreheads. So those who have given themselves fully to God are sealed. Verse 4 says, And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. So I'll just read the first of these. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. So he goes through all the 12 tribes of Israel and says they were all sealed. So a straight reading would show us that these are are Jewish or Israeli uh, people. Um I, you know, I'm not so sure that that's not symbolic, but people I but I don't have any clear word from the Lord on that, and people I highly respect believe that is referring to, to Jews. So, um, you can take that to the Lord. Derek Prince is one of those that I've heard teach that those are Jews, and that number occurs a couple different times, and so, uh, we'll we'll look at it each time. And then it goes on, verse 9, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands, and they cry out with a loud voice. So now we see a great multitude of people from all different peoples. So it sort of reads, if you read it all together, sort of irrelevant. Um, and certainly, you know, we look at Romans, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. We, we know uh, in uh, Romans 9 through 11, when, when the Jews come to embrace the Lord, if the scales will be peeled back from their eyes, that that will be a huge blessing to the world. And so that's kind of how this reads as well, that all of a sudden all people from every nation are standing before the throne, before the Lamb, and they're clothed in white robes, so they have His righteousness covering them. Palm branches are in their hands, waving to the glory of the Lord, and then they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. So everyone we've seen in the throne room up till now, the the many angels, the the, uh, 24 elders, the four living creatures all fall on their face, worship God. And here's what they're saying. Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So I, I 
mentioned many times that God's purpose for mankind is that mankind be raised up as his family, as mature sons of God who know him, who are transformed to be like him, who then can uh, minister as priests and kings to the world, to all of creation, the goodness of God. And in that is God's glory. Well, we see that right here. We see the 144,000 and then people from every tribe turning and worshiping God. And then everyone in heaven turns and worships and said that God himself is glorified. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might to be to our God forever and ever. Verse 13, then one of the elders answered, saying to me, those who are clothed in the white robes, who are they and where have they come from? I said to him, my Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst any more, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So these have entered the throne room of God. They are abiding in the Lord. They've come out of the tribulation. Now, I think historically, most people have read that, whether they say pre-trib or post-trib. Um, they, they assume that means that their life in heaven, I mean, in earth is over and they're now in heaven. I've come to understand this is in a completely different way, that the spiritual reality, the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, is coming to be and that certain people remember we're going to see in a few chapters and we've already seen it alluded to that the spiritual authorities the dark angels being cast out of heaven and their positions of power and authority before god have been opened up and being made ready for a people of god who give themselves to this so who are these people these are people who give themselves entirely to God and worship him in white robes. And they come up, they're worshiping the Lord, and they get to be before the throne of God, serving him day and night in his temple. And so he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. This is a feast of tabernacle revealed, right? That, that uh, God is with his people in the earth. That is, this isn't like life on the earth is over. This is the chasm between the two has been broken down. And so there are a people that are able to enter into and abide in God, in his throne room. And their every need is taken care of. And he's giving them the waters of life. They have access to his true life so that he has a people in the earth that can then share that with those still going through tribulation, who are confused and terrified because they have lived for the world and not for the Lord. And so they just never believed or they never, they never even allowed themselves to learn the truths of God. And so they're experiencing what they have worshiped. Whereas these few people, although it's many throughout the world, uh, have 
experiencing the the fullness of life with God, knowing him in his throne room. And he wipes every tear away. They're at peace and joy with him. And then we're on to chapter eight. And now we're going to see the seventh seal broken. Remember that was that this thing happened after the six seals. Now the seventh seal is going to be broken. When the lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. So there's this little break. The seventh seal is broken, but the consequences are not immediately seen. And then seven angels have seven trumpets. What does the half hour represent? 30 minutes? 30 years? I don't know. Verse 3. Another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer, and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. And there followed peals of thunder and sounds and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. So we see here uh, images reminiscent of the tabernacle of God. Uh, or later the temple, the, you know, the, uh, the golden censer, the golden altar. Um, and so we see that these things are a picture of the actual throne room. And from these things, you know, the incense is going up, which has always represented the prayers of the saints. So the people of God, the prayers are coming up to God like incense wafting into the air. If you know what like Russian Orthodox churches look like where they have that onion dome on the top, that's why that they're pictured like that. That's to represent like the candle or the incense going up into the air to God. And so fire from this altar is then thrown to the earth. And then we see thunder and lightning and earthquakes in the earth. Verse 6, And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound them. The first sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood and they were thrown to the earth, and a, fi- and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Wow, something just occurred to me. So we've got seven seals, and so there were the six seals, and then on the seventh seal, now we have seven trumpets making up the seventh seal. Well, you know what the, <laughs> how extremely similar that is? When God took his people out of slavery into the wilderness and then finally into the promised land, the first big battle that they had to do was Jericho, which was a city that was impossible to take because they had these huge walls and obviously a battle-trained army. And it was simply impossible. But God said, trust in me and circle the city, the wall, or, you know, the walls, the city for seven days. So that's six normal days. And on the seventh day, do it seven times. And then shout, and I'll bring down the walls. And that's exactly what happened. And so that was the beginning of the people of God taking the promised land. What does the promised land represent? It represents coming back into the Garden of Eden, right? Coming into heavenly places. So what do we have here? We have this final coming about of God's plan in mankind and for the earth. And we had the seven seals, but on the seventh seal, it was actually broken up into seven trumpets. So very similar. And of course, what did they do 
when they, uh, at the end, after they had done all this marching, they blew the trumpets, right? And what happened to the strong, impregnable fortress of Jericho? It brought down, right? This strong, impregnable forest of mankind, of the ways of the world, being brought down. And that's what we see here. Hail and fire mixed with blood thrown to the earth. A third of the earth was burned up and a third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. So we see just terrible destruction to the ways of, of worldly mankind. Verse 8, the second angel sounded and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea and a third of the sea became blood and a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died and a third of the ships were destroyed. So water becoming blood, that's like Moses, one of the plagues in uh, Egypt. A great mountain, the high places of mankind being thrown down into the sea. A third of the ships destroyed. We see trade. You know, ships represent international trade uh, being devastated. That means a, a drastic reduction in quality of life. Ten, the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on the third, on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the waters. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. So Wormwood is bitter, and so the water is made bitter. We have many people dying because of the difficulties. Of course, river of life, rivers make me think of the river of life. There's one true river of life of God, and it, often the different churches and um, denominations are are mentioned as like uh, streams making up this big river. Well, he says these are made bitter, and people are dying from a third of these. Twelve. The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were struck so that a third of them would be darkened and the day would not shine for a third of it and the night in the same way. Then I looked and I heard an eagle flying in mid heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So there's really scary things going on on earth. Remember those people that had been set apart, who'd given themselves fully to the Lord, had been taken up and provided for and protected in the throne room of God. Again, that to me doesn't mean that they're that they're not still in the earth, but that the Lord has protected them. They're living a spiritual reality while still in the earth, and the Lord is providing and protecting them. But that the those that are in the earth themselves are terrified just from these four. And then the angel says, woe, woe, woe to you who dwell, still dwell on the earth. You're not abiding in God. You're abiding in the earth. And these last three blasts from the angels are going to sound and they're going to be devastating to you. And we'll pick it up there tomorrow. Uh, I hope this is a blessing to you. I do pray it is. God bless you.